0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. As we heard in this Gospel passage, Philip, who later becomes one of the twelve apostles who follow Jesus, has this call, this call to follow Jesus. And he does, he responds, he's convicted by what Jesus has to say, and he leaves behind everything and his life is changed. Philip is not only convicted himself, he's not only satisfied with this good news himself. It's so much for him. It's so transformative for him that he has to share it. He has to extend it. And that's exactly what he does. He goes over to his friend, Nathaniel, who also later becomes one of the 12. And he shares this joy, he shares this good news that the Old Testament was pointing to. So Philip doesn't believe blindly. He's very familiar with the texts of the Old Testament. He's very familiar with what Moses said, what the prophets announced and were trying to prepare Israel for. And what he was familiar with finally appeared in front of him. And he grabbed onto it. And now he's trying to get Nathaniel to be in the same position. What does Nathaniel respond with? He responds with some despair, some disappointment. How can anything good come out of Nazareth? On one hand, there isn't really an explicit prophecy in the Old Testament that points to the Messiah, not to mention the Son of God coming from Nazareth. But on the other hand, like I said, there's some despair, disappointment in his reply. So now imagine you're Philip. Imagine you're the friend who heard this good news, who's now decided to change your life by following this teacher, seeing what he has to say and becoming like him. And then you go and tell one of your good friends, you share this joy with one of your good friends and they completely reject you. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't even want to consider it as something that could be possible. That's how Nathaniel responds. He dismisses what Philip has to say. Brothers and sisters, we need to consider the options that Philip had at this point. He could have either considered this a loss, okay, my friend's not listening to me, I'm just going to walk away. Or he could have also decided to respond aggressively. He could have been mad at Nathaniel for not believing what he had to say, not considering even what he had to say. And then he could have engaged in a debate. He could have hurled some questions at him, he could have been aggressive with him, because Philip wasn't believing this blindly. It was built on truth. It was built on what the Old Testament had to say. How could Nathaniel not even consider what's being said? Even though there's no explicit Old Testament prophecy pointing to Nazareth. So what does Philip do instead? He very beautifully and very humbly and very lovingly responds by saying, okay, come and see. Come and see. Come spend time with this Messiah that we found. Come and be intimate with this Messiah that we found. Come and examine his heart. Come and look at the way he thinks. Come and look at the way he teaches. Come and see. Do your due diligence. For us, brothers and sisters, we call ourselves Christians. We all take it seriously to some extent. It's why we're gathered here on Sunday. Some of us are farther along in our journey than others, and that's fine. But all of us, to some extent, take our Christian identity seriously. And we live in a society. We're not existing as Christians only individually. That's a very incomplete perspective of what a Christian is. We also exist within the body of Christ, and then within the world at large, within society. So the way that we are Christians is seen by others within the body and outside of the body. So we can say we're Christian all we want. And we can even come into this building on Sundays, once a week. And we can even say things with our mouths and we can call those things prayers. But if our actions don't show that we take these things seriously, coming to this building seriously, participating in this Mass seriously, if our actions don't show those things, then it's all really empty at the end. Of course it's good to talk about our faith. Of course it's good to say that the Church teaches this and that, but then living it out is a completely different thing. Living it out is where the hard work is seen and embraced. And that's what Philip is inviting Nathaniel to do. He's not engaging in some debate, he's not getting aggressive with them, he's responding with love and with wisdom and with humility. How many, how many of you have seen anybody change, not just become a Christian, but change their mind through an argument? How many of you have changed your mind because of someone arguing with you and being tough or aggressive with you? It doesn't really work that way. The list of people you've seen convert because of that is probably not a long list, because that's not how it works. That's not how you get someone's mind and heart to soften and stretch enough to embrace something they don't already know, especially something they need to know, something like the truth of who Jesus is, the thing that Philip wanted to share with Nathaniel. This is something for us to seriously consider. I know this message is probably repeated all the time. Take your, take your faith seriously. Don't just talk about it, but you have to act like you believe in it. That's, that's definitely a good message to talk about and to repeat every once in a while because we need to be reminded of it. We often stray away from that message. But just to, sh- to illustrate how important it is, We can think about this one very well-known Catholic author uh, named Peter Kreeft. Some of you might know about him. Some of you might have read his books before. He has a lot of books, and many of them are pretty good. But there was one book he was writing. I forget the name exactly. But he wanted to uh, accumulate some testimony about what non-Christians believe about Christianity, and especially about Catholicism. So he actually went to the Middle East. And he approached Muslims and asked them this question. And one particular Muslim responded by saying, I don't think that Catholics believe what they actually say they believe. I don't think Catholics believe anything that the Church teaches. So of course, uh, Peter Kreeft was shocked about, with that answer and asked him, why do you say that? And he said, well, in Christianity, and especially with Catholicism, you're taught that you're supposed to share in the life of God. You're supposed to share in God's divinity. You're invited to participate in heaven from now, especially with receiving the body and blood of your God." He said, if that was really true, and if I was, really a, if I was a Catholic, I would be crawling on my hands and my knees every day, especially every Sunday, and never consider myself worthy to approach something like that. How could that even be possible? Of course, that's a very profound answer. It's an answer worth thinking about, worth reflecting on, especially when it comes to ourselves. How do we approach our faith? Are we going and seeing? Or are we just talking about it? Yes, all of us have accepted that initial invitation that Jesus offered to Philip. Jesus asks him to follow him, and Philip does. But are we going and seeing? as Philip asks Nathaniel to do. Are we being intimate enough with our faith to let it change the way we think and the things that we do? Because if we don't, it's not enough. If we don't, it's not serious enough. The whole goal is to be changed into something that we're not already, into something that we cannot do for ourselves. That's what it means to participate in God's life from now. We really need to consider this, especially if we're in positions of responsibility, positions like mothers and fathers. I can talk to my kids all all I want about what the church teaches, but if I'm not living that out, if I'm not at the very least praying with them, taking them to Mass on Sunday, showing that I take sin seriously, that I want to remove sin from my life, if I'm not doing that in front of my kids. I can talk about things all I want. It's not enough. It's not enough to change people. That's not enough to be intimate with Christ. All of us need to take that seriously with the way we spend our time, the kind of friends that we have, the things we choose to do. Brothers and sisters, after this invitation is accepted, these two become one of the 12th. These two become princes of the church. And so we're called to a similar standing. We're called to be within the body of Christ. And if we're just talking about it, if we're not taking it seriously through our actions, it's not gonna be enough to be within that body. So today's a good reminder to take our faith seriously, to ask questions that we have, to ask questions especially in the face of things that we're not sure of. Because if we're left without answers, it's our fault. That the resources are in front of us, so we have to ask. We have to take it seriously so that in the end we can have a place at the table of the banquet that God invites us to. Amen.